0: Love this podcast? Support us by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the link in the episode description to support us now. Thanks for listening and enjoy.
1: So, guys, how deep are you into the world and literature of Edgar Allan Poe? Are you fans?
0: Mm, I read him in high school. I've only read two of his works. Which are? The Raven, and mm-hmm. the Cask of the Amontillado.
1: Okay. Yeah, those so. are the two that I've read.
0: Now, there's a chance I may have read a third and not know it was Poe, because, for example, I didn't know Cask of the Amontillado was Poe. So oh, until yeah. after viewing uh, until until watching the uh the most recent yeah, Gratlin' yeah. Poe property. Okay. Right, what about you, so- Eddie?
2: Yeah, I went through a phase like in high school and into first freshman year of college where I was just really fascinated with Edgar Allan Poe.
1: Yeah. Were you yeah. gothy?
2: No, not gothy. I was just... I kind of like his uh, sense of horror. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's so synonymous with horror. I mean, so many things that we uses symbols for horror like black cats and ravens and just this overarching theme of madness that goes throughout his work um it's just something that has true staying power and he's kind of like i don't know i hate to compare him to tim burton but he kind of is the tim burton of literature <laughs> literature in that okay. sense where some the spooky, might say that some might say that tim him, burton
0: yeah. is the edgar Allan poe of filmmakers no since Edgar Allan Poe came out first.
1: That's like saying the same thing in a different way. It's
0: more so. important because Edgar Allan Poe was first. <laughs> like it's a big difference. I mean, you know.
1: I mean, it doesn't it's not about who's first, okay? We're just making comparisons here. But we're talking about Edgar Allan Poe because we're talking about a new property on Netflix that is not just an adaptation or a remake in our case or a revival. It is very much a rehashing and also just a complete Love Letter to the Works of Edgar Allan Poe. We're going to be mm. talking about the 1960 film House of Usher and compare mm-hmm. it to the new Netflix series The Fall of the House of Usher. Mm-hmm. There are going to be two different films and yet some core themes here. And it's a perfect send-off to Spooky Season since it's our last yeah. episode of October. So I
0: know. Can you believe?
1: I know. It went by kind of fast. This whole year did. But we'll talk about that soon enough. I am sure. Nicole.
0: And I'm Rolando. And
1: I'm Eddie Z. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. Uh, Before we get into this week's episode, I see that you have the copy of Britney Spears' book, in your possession, Rolando, based on your Instagram post. Oh, so, I was just uh,
0: like, I don't have it here. Where do you see that? And know, it I saw like your buy his looking. own copy. Uh, no, uh, yes.
1: how is it so far?
0: Oh God, it's dreadful. It's
1: <laughs> like the the writing is dreadful, or the it's what she's okay. talking
0: about. All right, so basically, it's written like an infant. Like I had to sit through the first, like try to muscle through those first five chapters of her childhood, which I personally don't care about. Mm. like i wish you would have just like started right on like uh like i was on singing with the stars what is that it's like that kids talent show or like <laughs> that talent show with the children
1: um i don't know because i don't watch you know that what it stuff, i think it's but... like
0: oh i forgot who the, it's like a famous white old man who like hosts it ed McMahon?
3: there's so I many think it was, yes famous. it was ed mcmahon
1: Oh, the one that she was on when she was a child. Star, yeah, search? Before- star search.
3: Star Search. Star that's Search. That's it. See, I-,
0: I knew it was like Star something. Uh, just start there. I don't need to know about like your grandmother <laughs> who may have been senile, and then the other one, great grandmother who committed suicide. Like, I just don't care <laughs> about any of this.
1: Wow. You just want the juicy stuff. You just want to hear about, you know, the abuse, I guess. You know,
0: and then the other thing I noticed is the margins in this book are so wide, right? I showed Eddie just, to. I was just like, Eddie, like, I'm not crazy. These margins are huge, right, Eddie? Yeah, they're huge. They're huge. <laughs> There's huge margins. And, like, each chapter is, like, three pages. I am just like, yo, like, this is, like, let's not call this a book. Like, they should have made it a coloring book in my opinion, right? With like a one page of coloring book that maybe hand drawings by Britney Spears of her memories and then like someone giving me like an actual synopsis of what the fuck is happening. That would have been a way better book. Yeah. You know what? That's how I'm going to do my memoir.
1: But that's actually an interactive memoir is yeah. such a fun idea. <laughs> and believe it or not, Rolando is a big Britney Spears fan despite all of this. <laughs> so I like, am. At least no, yeah. I, I in I your own like, way. Like,
0: I do like, I, I'm not like the biggest Britney Spears fan. Like if I did a trivia, I, I'm not going to say I want to win, but I would definitely be in like the top 25 percentile. Well,
2: if you read the book, maybe you would.
0: If I read the book, no. yeah, if I finish the book. But that's a, I don't know. Like those first five chapters were already pretty much soul drenching. Because the vocabulary is so limited.
1: <laughs> now, how many pages is it? Uh,
0: like 280, I think.
1: Wow. That's yeah. not long at all.
0: Oh, not only is it that long, but, like, considering, like, half of it is margins, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's basically, like, 120 pages.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts so far on yeah. uh, this book that doesn't sound that enjoyable.
0: Yeah, follow me on Instagram, guys. I'm going to be complaining a lot about it.
1: <laughs> now, d- is it not what you expected, though? What do you mean? Like, did you expect something to be, you know... So in detail and kind of I was beautifully written, or
0: well, I, I was hoping the ghostwriter would have tried a little bit more, but it seems like the ghostwriter was phoning it in. You know, it was ghostwritten, I'm you know, I'm alleging this, but let's be very honest here like, it was probably ghostwritten,
1: or maybe and it wasn't.
0: I really, I highly doubt that, <laughs> I truly, highly doubt that that was not ghostwritten. Uh, but um. The other complaint I had was like the cover has like this weird kind of graininess to it that was driving me crazy. Really? Yeah, it wasn't glossy. It was like kind of like sticky and like and it was gross. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Britney's fault. That's yeah, just that's, I don't. That's the, yeah. that's the publisher, I guess. <laughs> but I was just that called Absolutely. me up. I, Eddie, you heard me complain about that, right? I'm like, what the? F-? Yeah. I was like, what is wrong it's with a, this? Uh, like a like a film. Yeah, it was weird.
1: That is weird But okay. I got it
0: I got it on the first day uh, It got sent to me And uh, yeah I'm trying to read it And uh, uh, One of Someone I went to college with She was posting on my Facebook page Because she got it too But she's so upset Because it came in Spanish <laughs> Oh my <laughs> god Like I didn't even know That they already had it Translated in different languages But That's crazy Go well,
1: Yeah They do that I'm sure Beforehand when they know People are gonna wanna read it So Yeah but okay thanks for sharing uh let's get into today's topic which is edgar and poe essentially now the new series uh by mike flanagan we've covered him before because he has done kind of like a trilogy of haunted house series on netflix the first being the haunting of fell house we didn't cover that one but we covered the second one the haunting of bly manor
0: we could have covered haunting of hill house right in theory it was just like
1: in theory we could have yeah
0: but that was also before did we start our podcast yet or we just i think busy it was like audit?
1: right around the time and okay. it just kind of slipped through our fingers we did Blind manner during the pandemic and now all these years later he's finally Which, doing this third one
0: now in retrospect by manner your thoughts has it changed
1: no i still really enjoyed that and yeah. i think mike flanagan's just really entertaining and can make something that's really spooky and haunting, but also really emotional. And I really like that. But in retrospect, my thoughts kind of have changed just because Mm -hmm. like, I do think that at the end, that love story that like really closed out the series was kind of like thrown in at the last second and definitely seemed to change courses halfway through thinking back about it.
0: What the whole series was about according this uh, young woman, a dealing with the fact that she was a lesbian and then like courting the florist. That relationship was just thrown in hell. Like, I don't know. Was,
1: I don't know if that's a... what the whole series was. The about, whole every but... uh, like
0: uh, oh that was her major story arc. It was like throughout all the episodes, like kind of the progression of the relationship and stuff. So that's not. I wasn't thrown in. I still, I, I, I still hold it near and dear to my heart. I think it's so good. No, uh, I, I.
1: Well, the other thing is, is that I'm just really tired of all lesbian love stories ending in tragedy. So that's so interesting. So, so
0: my therapist, who <laughs> she herself identifies as, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But anyway, uh, but she, too, loved Bly Manor because of, like, the queer storytelling. And even though it's a tragedy at the end, we were talking about it at the end of my session uh, about, like, how just it was still, like, a beautiful, like, love story at the end. Yeah, Despite it was a nice it love story about Being tragic. Yeah.
1: Well, regardless, if you want to hear the uh, initial thoughts, listen back to that episode. You can find find that on our Podbean, I believe.
0: Or on our website. Uh, or on our website. com.
1: Yes. Which I totally knew we had. <laughs> so, <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the first, I think, like big prolific and most famous version of this short story by Edgar Allan Poe, which is The Fall of the House of Usher. The movie's called House of Usher. And it mm-hmm. came out in 1960 with Vincent Price. And it's by Roger Corman, who is the king of B-movies. He pretty much taught like Martin Scorsese and Peter Bogdanovich and all these other filmmakers, you know, how to make a movie on a budget. And he Mm -hmm. was a brilliant businessman. Other than he like gave all of these prolific filmmakers their first big break. And he taught them, you know, kind of shoestring guerrilla filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is some of his most famous works, actually in the 60s, after the success of this film, because it was quite successful. They went on to make eight more films with Vincent Price doing adaptations of Edgar Allan Poe works. Oh, so there was when I
0: looked up his filmography, there was like the Raven,
1: the Raven, uh, the gold bug, the mask of the red death, the black cat, you know, like all of these oh. pit and the pendulum, oh, all, I of read, all of these movies were made,
0: which will become episodes. I guess we should have seen the whole <laughs> collection of uh, Roger Corman films.
1: Yeah. Well, funny enough, eight films in the Roger Corman canon, eight episodes of the um, fall of the
0: house um, of Usher. Yeah. So, oh, I guess that but, would have been a fun watch. I wish I had known. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Um, so fun fact there. This was uh produced by American International Pictures, which this was like a huge film for them too. You know, it catapulted them to be one of the most independent uh at the forefront of independent filmmaking in America around that time. And like I said, it had a really minimal budget, but it became very a
0: successful. It had yeah. the ugliest logo though, American International.
1: And yeah, that was before they really became AIP, as we're known. Okay. So anyway, uh, also, the the short story by Edgar Allan Poe was adapted by an author named Richard Matheson. And Richard Matheson is an author of some of the greatest episodes of The Twilight Zone. He also wrote mm. The Last Man on Earth, which became I Am Legend. He also um, wrote What Dreams May Come. Oh. Wow. And The Incredible Shrinking Man. So this is a man who really specializes in fantasy and horror and science fiction and whatnot. So cool. it's like him doing Edgar Allan Poe. What a feast. For a film that is very, in my opinion, play-like. So okay. for, I'm very excited to hear what your thoughts are, Rolando. Because, again, this is, was a really small budget. It had like $300,000 of a budget. Half of that went to Vincent Price because they had to have a big name. So they're like, okay, limited sets, dialogue-driven. But it really, really defined. And it's one of the first color films that I can think of in this country that really defined that classic gothic horror House movie.
0: I didn't think, interestingly enough, I didn't think it was like a I didn't think it was a small budget when I was watching it. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, so.
1: smallish, I suppose. Well
0: oh, I mean, I don't know what three hundred thousand dollars was back then, but yeah, that was what,
1: like kind of actually pretty generous, I would say, okay, especially right. for an independent film.
0: It didn't feel like a, what's it called? It didn't feel like a small budget, except for the fact that it was a small cast. Uh, yes outside of that i actually love the costuming for example
1: like i (laughs) thought the costumes were
0: wonderful and costumes
1: great set design's great
0: set design was wonderful uh yeah overall in the movie i thought it was campy as hell yeah hell yeah and it was actually like Thoroughly entertaining because of how campy it was. Specifically oh yeah, Vincent it's a Price. big movie. Yeah, it's yeah, Rudge like- Corman too. Yeah, <laughs>
1: like- and Vincent. So the thing about Vincent Price is that they like bleached his hair for this. Yes. Right. Yes. What a look. Let me tell you. Yes, he was.
2: He was. <laughs> he giving. was so extra. He was. He just, was yeah giving gay older brother just with all these ailments and mm-hmm. I mean every time every time it was like ah. Oh, your voice is so loud you know like yeah he like, just, like <laughs> his ears are so sensitive <laughs> the way he cringes and, like i loved it know, yeah so body.
1: i don't know if you guys know but for the most part it has been kind of confirmed that vincent price was gay really and yeah and that he was in a marriage oh. that was a marriage of convenience and they like they were fine and stuff also like fun fact about evelyn hugo yes exactly um she his wife was also known to be gay he a was lesbian. also like mm-hmm, wow. yes that is yes that is a gay woman um he was also like really into the <laughs> culinary arts <laughs> um so he was just like to me he sounded like the coolest guy in the world he was such a chef he was zoomed into theater he was a great actor um and he just If you watch all of his movies knowing that he's a member of the community, like you just appreciate it even more. Oh yeah, I'm trying to think of well,
0: yeah. I mean, if you, there is something there's a panache that he has, in his the few things I've seen him in. For the most part, the thing that I remember most is actually Scooby Doo, like the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a Vincent Price that I really know not so much like his movies until later in life because he was a Dracula too wasn't he or am I making that up
1: no he was never Dracula I don't think so
0: okay I mean I was making that up maybe in some parallel universe he was a Dracula
1: yeah it's so funny because he's so synonymous he would have been he's so synonymous with horror and yet I don't think most people can name many Vincent Price films or like Uh, how they know him maybe they know him from Thriller by Michael Jackson
0: was that Vincent Price
1: mysterious planet something like that
0: no okay
1: are you talking about forbidden planet
0: maybe that's what i'm talking about was that also no
1: he was not in that okay (laughs) did did
2: he host um i want to say mystery theater
1: so he kind of did yeah he was also in a film called theater of blood um and he did a bunch of like television specials that were like horror themed he actually acted out a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe short stories, and you could see them on uh-huh. YouTube. Interesting. I think his most famous films, in my opinion, would have to be *The Last Man on Earth*, *The Fly*, *The House on Haunted Hill*, um, *Last Man on Earth*, *The Tingler*, and of course these Edgar Allan Poe ones like *The Mask of the Red Death*, *House of the Usher*, tingler. and stuff. The ti- I saw that as in a revival in the theater where the Tingler got loose and the back of your seats tickled. It was great.
0: Oh, that sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what is this movie about? Well, there's a young man named Philip. He travels to the House of Usher, which is a mansion, kind of like in the middle of nowhere, because he's there to kind of like meet up with his fiance uh,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: pick up where they left off. And her name is Madeline. But when he goes there, he meets Madeline's brother, Roderick, mm-hmm. and he's just like, yeah, about that whole marriage thing kind of not going to happen because my whole bloodline is cursed. And if you do, like, she'll go mad and then I'll go mad and then blah, blah, blah. So we should actually probably kill her. Yeah, be- <laughs> That's me wait, summing wait, wait. it up.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, first of all, he did not give any real explanation. Throughout like, yeah. the whole movie, everything was like in this shroud of mystery. You know, like, he was like, you can't marry because... She has an illness. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. my ears. Please, please. <laughs> you know, take your shoes off. You know, all these like different things that are going on. But it was never. He never, ever, ever answered a uh, he never a. Direct question. Yeah. Direct question. Right. Never. Yeah. It's true. Never, yeah. N- never. I do remember and, that
0: monologue when he was talking about the uh, only the softest, only the softest clothes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Only the most plainest of food can touch my tongue. And yeah. uh, it was just like there's a huge monologue of uh, his afflictions. I'm just like, what kind of disease does this man have?
1: Yeah. I mean, he he just uh, he took that performance to 11.
0: It was so hammy. Um, I love it. It's
1: so hammy. Yeah. It's so great. And I love, I think, I don't know whose choice it was to give him the hair that they did. But God, it I hope it was perfect. him. Perfect. It, no, it was I so love the hair too. Like it that was hair perfect. was just
0: It was just like it was so obnoxious obnoxiously blonde. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the just, point like, where it was white. <laughs> blinding. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so what I did found, int- what I found interesting was this the sense of that there was this gloom in yeah. um, in the mansion but in contrast to all these bright colors. Because yes. the color red was so pronounced. Mm-hmm. definitely and philip's you know, blue jacket uh you know and all there were a lot of rich yeah. colors uh coming uh coming across mm-hmm. uh but i love I, I just love the scene where <laughs> where she's like you know she hears him he's there I said, oh philip i can't believe you're here why'd you come i said i come for you you know blah 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 and he goes she is sick she needs to go back to bed, right? <laughs> and then it's like I think it's like they're gonna meet for dinner or something, or yeah. And she's wearing this amazing red dress.
0: I know, and she was just amazing.
2: She was snatched from head to toe. She looked the most healthiest I've ever seen any human being look walking down, basically <laughs> skipping down, gliding down those stairs into the arms of Philip. And then what happens? <laughs> chandelier like falls. Like, yeah. everything is ruined we must go back to bed she, you know everyone's yeah. dying
1: yeah <laughs> it's it's un- like yeah i feel like it's unintentionally funny or maybe it is oh you're probably disrupting the mic kitty hold on yeah. okay um kitty. i'm so sorry i'm so sorry buddy but it's when so he pretty much is like yeah no madeline is like we need to kill her the house is going so mad you know we're all just so mad and madeline has catalepsy so sometimes you know she kind of passes out and she appears dead but she's not so Roderick so, uses this as an opportunity to bury her and to I force lie. you know put her to death and <laughs> philip's heartbroken he's crying <laughs> and he's there like weeping over her grave and so is Roderick. and all of a sudden it starts like moving at something and he's like literally like oh We gotta gotta get get out of here. And it's
2: like he—it's so funny because he like closes the the casket, casket casket, and then Philip is like, "Can I see her one last time?" And he goes, "No." (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like, (laughs) and then of course, like he's sick, so he's like, of course, he wants to carry the casket. And Philip is like, "Can I do this?" He's like, no. Well, Philip does it anyway, <laughs> and Meanwhile, then, the poor butler, is and just then like, the butler the is like adding to it. But I felt like he was more like causing more problems than helping out in that situation. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, carrying a casket like that on the side, um, it wasn't. It wasn't. It no, working. yeah,
0: no. It was kind of a silly sequence. I agree. Yeah, but uh, but speaking of sequences, soon after it is like. Philip's nightmare which yes. is probably the most beautiful sequence i think uh of the whole film like where we have this technicolor dream of he- as he's seeing all the ghosts of uh the usher family and uh he's getting visions that like oh maybe madeline is still alive right that's yeah. what happens
1: that and-, and the butler you know is pretty much like yeah she has catalepsy
0: where she appears yeah. oh. dead
1: and <laughs> he's like butler- what the, yeah, yeah the writing
0: on this was a little rough at times because the butler is just like she has cata <gasps> i've said too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> She's like you, you she has cataplexy cataplexy or catalepsy 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 it's cataplexy something else I uh i don't i don't know i've heard it associated with uh it's uh, it's plexiglass it looks dead oh wait are you being serious yeah no oh okay <laughs> Uh, all right. No, I've heard the term cataplexy, which is like a medical. I think it's related to not insomnia. What's the opposite of insomnia?
1: Uh, the one where you fall asleep. Narcolepsy. N- narcolepsy, 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 narcolepsy. Narcolepsy. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway. So yeah. Anyway. Uh. So she obviously is not dead. Philip figures this out, but when he goes down to try and rescue her, she's already escaped and and she's pissed off she's and loca. she's mad as hell. Oh, is it? Mm. Is wait? Is that what happened? I thought they moved her. I think so. She breaks free. Right? She broke
0: free, but that's when he breaks into. That's when he finds the second coffin. The first coffin was empty. The first mm, empty. Oh, that's yeah. right. And then the second coffin, though, is full of blood and and stuff, which is like from the from the short story. Because I yes. read bits and pieces of the short story for this and stuff to like kind of see what is the recurring theme of the fall of the House of Usher. Do you want to know what they are?
1: Oh well, one is madness.
0: Mm, well, I meant like the the. What are what are the elements of the House of Usher like the actual physical story that's like present in both the short story and the two properties? Oh,
1: okay. So, Do you want to share now or I can share it later? Okay,
0: just remind me because I tend to forget.
1: Okay, um, yeah, and so she's she's upset. She's out free. She's totally mad. Doesn't even see Philip. She's just dead set on murdering Roderick for what he did to her. Which and you know I guess it's is fair. So great yeah but that well, is actually
0: yeah you're right the choking scene and then like the fire
1: <laughs> happening
0: at the same time yeah. the house so is dramatic. rumbling it's just yeah. like
1: this this but whole then the movie butler throws himself <laughs> i know he he collapses with the house too yeah like it's so just like the poor butler did not deserve this like he yeah was just the help you know yeah the house is like falling apart and stuff and i love how vincent price is just like there drinking and he's like you're gonna want to leave because this house is gonna collapse yeah but like if you don't want to, that's fine by me. Yeah. Um, this whole movie feels like the a kind of like interactive show that I would have loved to have gotten uh-huh. a ticket for and like been walked through and just watched yeah. <laughs> for like oh, a, a yeah. night out. Like this would be a great, like
2: kind of like a cue like no for yeah, the haunted yeah, 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 yeah. mansion. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like there's never a ride. It's just like you're going through this haunted mansion and seeing all these scenes acted out.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: it would be that Would be really fun. The fact that somebody that, to my knowledge, has not done this already, with also like the over encompassing works of Edgar Allan Poe, uh huh, is a shame. Like, hello, that's the ultimate Halloween ticket right there. And
0: talk about mm. uh, what's it called? It's uh, it's public domain stuff.
1: Mm. I know so. they did like pop ups and stuff of Edgar Allan Poe, but I mean, like, yeah. kind of like a sleep no more.
0: Maybe they'll, maybe there'll be more. I mean, I feel like. Edgar Allan Poe is about to enter his renaissance.
1: Maybe he he always has like a like he keeps coming back like every ten or twenty years or something he comes on really strong.
0: What was twenty years ago?
1: I feel like ten years ago Edgar Allan Poe was like really big and then he kind of died down. Like they were like I I said pop up bars and stuff. Ten years ago, I I
0: oh I guess maybe people
1: like the aesthetic. That's the thing, too. It's not just like everybody's out reading his work. It's more so right. like, you know, just quoting little things. Or, yeah, like the aesthetic kind of pops up and stuff. And just the so so. madness and stuff.
0: I mean, I'm surprised he wasn't like more popping during COVID, if you think about it, right? Just us stuck in our <laughs> yeah. uh, homes going mad. Yeah. Totally Edgar Allan Poe-esque.
1: It is. No, I, I would agree with that. I kind of, though, want to <laughs> shift to the netflix show just because there's so much to talk about with this show okay that it, quick, there k- really is
2: Quick yeah. comment go the actor that played phillips mark talk- da- mark mark damon damon right so handsome ridiculous like, cr- ridiculous he was like giving me clark kent superman i uh, yeah like first of
1: all
0: i forgot who vincent price was so that was my first question like this is vincent price and i was like no this is what's going to be that's that's great yeah. The first person we see Okay <laughs> Like Vincent Price had top buildings So I was just like Oh so this is Vincent Price And he's like No No This is most certainly not But what a handsome man And then Eddie goes on to tell me That he goes on to Quit acting And become a producer
1: Yeah Well he had a big career In Italy in the 60s He was like Yes Like um, westerns? He did a lot of westerns And mm. and whatnot over there But yeah He never had quite the career Over here And he's still alive yeah.
0: yeah, that's the other thing Eddie told yeah, me. It's still
1: alive. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's still working. Get those according. digits. Yeah. No. It's still working. Good mm-hmm. for him. Good for him. Absolutely good for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, I should have yeah. Mark Damon is really handsome. Yeah.
0: You didn't you didn't what
1: so with Madeline? The actress yeah, who yeah, played
0: Madeline was beautiful.
1: She was yeah, she was fine.
0: I thought she was very beautiful. Her hair and like uh she was very voluptuous.
1: Myrna Fahey yeah she started she was a big TV star I don't know if she ever really crossed over to uh, movies but yeah Mm -hmm. the movie belonged to Vincent Price I mean yeah Yeah, Vincent Price stole the
2: show he stole the show the crazy older brother you know but um, and I mean you do get that little scene that little hope scene that they did really well where Philip is like Madeline let's go just you and me we're gonna go We're going to go back to Boston and everything like that. And she's so hopeful. And so it does really do good in that sense of like, even though you know how it ends, but you get this moment of maybe they can't escape. Mm -hmm. Maybe they go. And of course the classic, no, no, you separate, you know, it's like, Hey, why don't you go pack? I'll pack and we'll get out of here in an hour. No, no, You get out now. You leave everything behind, and you get out now. Yeah, it's true. Together, it seems like together you never say like an hour, never, never, (laughs) never go (laughs) past, never separate.
0: Now, uh, Nicole, the one thing I wanted to also point out though about this film though was you mentioned that Vincent Price may have in fact been a homosexual, right? Okay, yeah, because I had read some queer undertones in his performance, and I was wondering if just like oh, is this all like internalized homophobia because he is a homosexual? (laughs) he is punishing himself because he is the end of the bloodline Could be. and he's taking his sister with him just because like well fuck her too yeah because it, it also there were borderline incestuous like his relationship exactly felt very incestuous too
1: that's what's so good about his performance is that he leaves like enough room for there to be multiple interpretations of how he's doing it and i just think that that's a, overall his energy though he's for being like the guy who's most associated with like the macabre or whatever, he's bringing very feminine energy to his performances. Mm -hmm. um, Which is, I think why he's one of my favorite old time actors. Like you watch Mm. any movie he's in, he's always kind of giving kind of like for, I hate to like just chalk it up as like gay energy, but it's, it's so contrast to the other type of male performances of his time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. But I think, Oh, everything you said yes yeah there's some mm. homosexual undertones yes susan says to his undertones of course he's completely mad or maybe he's totally right about all of this mm-hmm. so yeah leaves enough room for it yeah
0: okay just uh, something i pointed uh, a I was did you about did you enjoy watching, it no. oh yeah no i mean it was a short film too 80 minutes i'm just like <laughs> count me you <in. laughs> like that yeah, is just short, maybe mm-hmm. That, I think that's maybe 10 minutes longer than the longest episode of The House of Usher, which I think is the final episode.
1: Yes, the final episode is about, like, An almost hour and 80 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah so, so it's
0: like 10 minutes more, and I got a whole film out of it, which I love. You know me.
1: <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. So wait, like, did you, you it like... Up? I mean, so, but, like, it's an in-and-out short film, but did you actually enjoy it? I did.
0: I actually think because of... First of all, I I, I I wasn't kidding when I said I love the costumes, I love the set design. It was beautifully orchestrated. That sequence, the dream sequence, I think was visually wonderful to watch. Yeah. Uh, I was... Because at this point, I was already familiar with the House of Usher, and I was just like, oh, this is, like, way outside of the House of Usher, the actual short story, Right. With yeah. the except for the ending, the ed- ending is basically the House of Usher, uh, story. Um, but yeah, no, I I actually I, I liked it a lot. I I, I I it's you know I'm I'm not a big rewatcher, so I'm probably never gonna rewatch this. But there were some parts about the film that I did like because. You know, you know how sensibilities changes with audiences. Like Eddie and I were saying is like when they first show the skeleton, like falling out of the casket, we were like imagining like, oh, the people back then must have been so terrified by this. Like, oh, my goodness. Heaven clutching pearls. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. like, Yes or yeah. no. Probably.
1: Um, probably. Um, yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of also B-movie-ish. So, like, yeah. I think the most success like that, it came out the same year as Psycho. So uh-huh. you know, oh, which, comparatively,
0: again, but re- but that's a different kind of fear, you know. It I is feel like Seika was a psychological.
2: And this one in itself too. I mean, that's the whole idea true, of yeah. Edgar Allan Poe's writing. It really, it really plays with you. It gives you these images, um, a lot of sensory stuff mm-hmm. are in play, Absolutely. and you never know whether what you're seeing or hearing or smelling is real or in your yeah. head. Yeah, you yeah. know, so that's a lot of Edgar Allan Poe's uh, approach, and 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 always the anticipation, the dread, this dread that just builds and builds, and it soaks like just like wet rain, just excuse me, cold rain, just like seeping into your clothes, and it's and it's like gets heavier and heavier mm-hmm. until it's like I'm dead.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And also think about the fact that people didn't really like see murder, or mm-hmm. like you know any tw- things like this. This was still the era of the code. Yes, that so, was the other thing.
0: I, 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 I so as what I was conf- I, I was thinking maybe the ending would be a little different because this was a code
1: film. Yes, exactly. Um, of course. They didn't it was not a big studio movie, so they did kind of have a little bit more oh, um, But anyway. they still if they wanted mass distribution and stuff they did have to I adhere to it but Got So it. but now we are living in a day and age where not only do we not have a code, but everything's kind of been done And you know, we're so used yeah. to horror uh-huh. and we're so used to murder and blood and sex and film and television you know, how can you possibly shock us or show us something that we haven't seen before? Oh, so,
0: Are you admitting that you may have been shocked a little bit?
1: Um, There was a sequence in particular. Where I was like, okay, wow, they did that.
0: <laughs> oh, I was like, all right, we'll talk about it. We'll I can't talk wait to about hear which it. One. It might so, be mine also, but all right.
1: It might. I mean, I would hope so, because if you were like, man, that was fine, then
0: okay. <laughs> I think we're on the same page. <laughs> okay,
1: so... Like I said, this is the third trilogy in Mike Flanagan's um, Haunted House series. He's also the filmmaker of Gerald's Game and uh, I believe Hush, hush and hush. Dr. Sleep, which we also covered on this podcast. Oh, I forgot about Dr. Sleep. Yeah, Mike
0: Flanagan is becoming one of my favorite like names, I think, when it comes yeah. to do, like directing and like just this genre in general.
1: No, he's one of the best currently right now working in the genre of horror. And um, even though... This is called The Fall of the House of Usher. It's pretty much a love letter to the complete works of Edgar Allan Poe. Mm -hmm. Um, So it takes a bunch of different characters and situations and scenarios of different Poe works, and it puts it into this whole nonlinear story that goes from like the 50s to today. And it's Mm -hmm. all about the head of a pharmaceutical company corrupt kind of family. Mm-hmm. which is run by roger gusher at a company called fortunato
0: yeah what a name for a company like it sounds like fu- furniture like fortune off Fortunato, like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah
1: yeah like, well fortunato that, like every other fucking name is a reference to an edgar Allan poe oh story. is
0: that okay the, i didn't yeah. know that so, fortunato
1: right. is the character in the cask of amontillado
0: yeah. oh i didn't know that all right that makes sense considering how wait have you how much have you seen? Did you see the whole? I watched the whole thing. Oh, I we suspected. I'm so proud you were of
1: you, to. Nicole. I, I like concerned. I did for the other ones. So. Yeah,
0: like being anywhere. Like I feel like Nicole's gonna finish this one because like this one was like a this was like a solid piece of like Man. television. So uh, all right? Great. So yeah. So Fortunato that makes sense she when you know the connection of like how he ended up becoming the head of the company. All right, great. I love that. Yeah. I didn't know that. So or at least I don't remember from from high school you
1: know oh yeah that was when you okay so yeah, it's about like the
0: last time i read cask of amontillado
1: but you i'm sure you remember what happened at the yes. end of it. um so it's about the rise of power of Roderick Usher and his right hand man his twin madeline usher mm-hmm. and them you know heading this company of fortunato and then their whole kind of family And Roger Gusher has two children from a marriage to a woman named Annabelle Lee. Mm That's Tamerlan and Frederick. But then he Mm -hmm. also fathered a bunch of bastard children because he liked having sex. And so he had a daughter, Victorine. He had a daughter, Camille. He had a son, Napoleon. And he had a son, Prospero. Which did all of these different women across the world get the memo that they had to name these sons (laughs) and children like ridiculous names like Napoleon and Prospero. I th-
0: those were the most ridiculous names. I feel like he had a hand in that with the money of which he has. I'm sure it's just <laughs> like here is the deposit for the naming rights of this child. Yes. Yes. You know.
1: So when the series begins, the Fortunato company is being brought to trial because they have been the the makers of a um of a drug called Ligodone, which is which very similar to OxyContin. Yeah. 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 And there's, there's a, lot a very
0: of- very loose uh very very it's almost it's basically the Purdue family. This is what we're kind of seeing. Yes. They're the yes. ones who. Um, The Slacker yes, family, mm-hmm. the
1: Sackler family, Purdue family, blah, blah, blah. um, And then at this trial, the guy, August Dupin, who is bringing them to trial, says that there is a. Uh, ooh, yeah, he's not, representing. Not a mole. The, uh-huh. uh, a snitch within no, the family. An informant, thank you. An informant within the family. Yeah. And so it triggers kind of like this thing for Roderick to be like, I'm going to frigging catch this rat and I'm going to kill this rat. But then all of a sudden he starts losing it. And this ripple effect of events starts happening to his entire family where his entire family within the span of two weeks dies. Yeah. And literally the house of Usher falls. Mm -hmm. And we come to find out how this is throughout the course of eight episodes. And pretty much most episode is dedicated to another child dying. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they're all die in different ways based on Edgar Allan Poe stories. So, yeah. can you name them all, Rolando?
0: I can name uh, a few. The Black Cat.
1: Yes. So, the most famous one, I think, or the easiest to spot, the Black Cat, is the how Raven. Napoleon dies. The um, Raven
0: wasn't a, well, the Raven was an overarching character, but we had Lenore yeah. and the Nevermore over and over again. Yes. Casca the Amontillado.
1: Yes, that none of the children died in that way, but they got their yes. for, they got their fortune at Fortunato by doing the cask of Amontillado to mm-hmm. um, Griswold.
0: R- yes. Oh wow, you who heard was the actually
1: names and everything. Because he was a real-life contemporary of Edgar Allan Poe, who he had a rivalry oh. with, so they put that in there.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That's so funny.
1: Yeah. That um, was a the satisfying tel- death, though. That was well. Because- it's fucked up. <laughs> Oh no yeah hugely No but like cause
0: Madeline when she had the last break And it's just like you are so small was just like Madeline I love you, Like Madeline Young Madeline was easily my favorite character In like the series She's so cutthroat Conniving you just cannot trust her
1: I know same and honestly Like the girl who Played young Madeline in the 80s to like The older version like they just oh my god They did so well Like complimenting each other
0: there was points where, like, what's it called? Like, if you see her from far, like, she looks like the young Madeline. And yeah. I was just like, that is crazy. Like, that was a really good casting.
1: Yeah. And I love that they gave her that awful kind of, like, Donald Trump-ish wig. I I don't know what was up with that wing because she took off <laughs> the headpiece.
0: She had beautiful hair. She's like, what? And I know, right? doing you no favors, woman.
1: And I think that was them, like, making fun of like rich people who think they look great but they look ridiculous yeah
0: i think although i kept telling eddie this i kept wishing it was catherine o'hara playing her i don't know why it's just the vibe i was hoping for but she was uh, overall great like it was just still a great performance uh so what are the other novels or stories
1: so frederick dies in the fashion of the pit and the pendulum with the swinging Mm, pendulum slowly coming down on him um, Tamerlan's story is a reference to the gold bug, but she doesn't necessarily die that way. Um, uh, Napoleon, the black cat, Victorine, the telltale heart. It's the beating of the oh, hideous ta- heart.
0: The telltale heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the other classic Edgar Poe. Yeah. I don't remember if I read that one though. I don't oh, know if I read that's
1: a great one. That's like four pages. Mm-hmm. Um, Camille dies in, um, fashion of the murders in the Rue Morgue, which oh. pretty much is a murder. One of the first murder mysteries ever written and spoiler alert. It was a monkey? It was a monkey, yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> there you go, yeah. And then, of course, Prospero dies in a very similar fashion of the Mask of the Red Death. Um, so, so they had acid in the Mask of the Red Death? Mm, they didn't necessarily have acid, but they all kind of were plagued, let's say.
0: Oh, um, I see. So. Okay, all right. I was curious. Is like, how did they, how was that? Spoiler okay.
1: alert about the acid thing. So, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was the sequence that I was like, oh, wow, they went there.
0: Oh, yeah, no. Like, that was episode yeah, two. That, that
2: was rough. That was a rough yeah. watch, but
0: rough. I was delighted. It was – not delight. That's the wrong word. It was – that was edge of my seat. I loved it. First yeah. of all, prior to, like, people melting in acid, uh, you have Carly Gugino kind of, like, making her big monologue about, like, you know pro- – that's her, this is her first – big monologue with one of the children's that we see and she she usually monologues right before she's gonna kill people. Uh and you see her giving this kid a choice. She's like, don't do it. But he does it anyway and now what happens consequences. And uh I think it was just she was so good in that scene. Carly Gina was just great in this whole series though. Like she just Yeah. like everyone was so good. Yeah. Everyone was so good.
1: The thing too is is that every time a member of the family dies They're visited by a character, Carla Gugino, who is kind of the shapeshifter. And it's to me at least pretty obvious from the beginning that she's not quite human. Yeah. Because she keeps popping up in all these different scenarios with all these she either has like the best wig collection on earth Mm -hmm. or she's just not human. And she kind of, you know, talks them and says, It's not too late. You could either call him or you could call this off. Or you could leave right now, right? Mm -hmm. But if you choose to go down this way, I'm just telling you, it's not going to be good for you. So she's kind of there, kind of, you know, being on their shoulders, yeah. trying her to, is, you know. Yeah. Her name is Verna, which, uh-huh. an you know, is an anagram of Raven. Oh, Although, silly
0: blah. me for not catching that until much too late. I I think <laughs> like, I think Eddie, you one who pointed that out, yeah. it's just like her name is Raven. It's, it's, it's what yeah. like, what? Her name was, I thought he literally was just like, I don't remember her name being Raven. It's like, oh, Verna. I get it now. It took me too long, but yeah.
1: So the whole series is kind of told to us as a conversation that is happening between Roderick and this guy who's bringing him to trial, Dupin. And we mm-hmm. even see they have this whole, you know, relationship unfold. They have a um, unfold. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the in-depth uh showing of, of how the children die mm-hmm. so there's a lot to it i mean like breaking it down plot by plot would take a while so kind of let's just talk about like some characters and the way that they handled the story and stuff um you brought up sure. verna who i and i agree carla gugino is probably the best part of this show
0: one of, oh i don't know because like you know who i really loved and who? it's going to be an interesting back uh roger Usher. first of all his voice Oh, my Amazing. God, his voice. Like, yeah. what a... Like, truly, yeah. what... He, it he just melts. Like, it's yeah. just a rumor. Now, here's a fun thing. You know that he wasn't originally cast for the show. Yeah. So he was reshot for the show. Yeah, because originally, Frank Lan, uh, Langella, Langella was one... Mm-hmm. Langella was the one who was cast as Roderick Usher. However, because he did some, I think, s- shady, sexy things to people on set, he was fired from the show. That's the alleged rumor and he was replaced with uh, this, uh, the actor, uh, Bruce Greenwood. Bruce, Greenwood. Yeah. Bruce mm-hmm. Greenwood. He replaced him and uh, they kind of just reshot some things. So like kind of fit him in. And I, I didn't know this until after I finished the series. And it was like seamless enough for me where I didn't even, it didn't bother me or, or I didn't notice anything. Uh, because, and I think his performance was so good. He was so good
1: yeah no i mean like you said it. his voice is like wow immediately both him and madeline too mm-hmm. like the older madeline they just play their parts so well they seem so jaded and so vicious and so powerful
0: um uh, and then the other nod that we should give to is the gentleman who played dupin dupin uh do uh augustine dupin uh Who was he? It was. Was it Carl Lumbly? Is that him? Carl Lumbly. The he was the older Dupin, Dupont. Okay. Dupont. I think yeah, he was great. Also, like he, uh, holding his own against uh, uh uh Roderick Usher. They were just like I loved their scenes together as they were talking and stuff. It was just like. Uh, again, I could just, it was great. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the performances. I think everyone here, this was just like a very well directed cast, in my opinion. Uh, For oh, sure.
2: And let's not forget yeah, Mark Hamill.
0: Again, yeah, another character, another totally actor did not out expect... of the blue. I loved it. Yeah. I thought he was great.
1: A new addition to the Mike Flanagan cast of characters that always keep coming back.
0: I think Mike, Fla- uh, yeah, I, Mark Hamill has like said he's just like he was so caught off guard when like someone asked him to be on the show. He's just like, okay, sure, sure, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think he was in- well. First of all, Eddie knows me. I'm terrible. You guys know me. I'm terrible with faces. So I was like, I saw the whole first episode, and uh, afterwards, <laughs> I'm looking up the cast, and I'm just like, oh, Eddie, Mark Hamill's supposed to be in this, and Eddie's just like, what. Yeah, he's the lawyer. Like, yeah, we saw him talking. I was just like, uh, I didn't, I didn't know that was him. But yeah, that's him. Yeah, no, he did great. Him. He
1: did great. Um, mm-hmm. and they kind of are like the big back. Was that your dog? Yep.
0: Oh, you heard that? Yes. Yeah,
1: cool. yeah. <laughs> um, the, the backbones of this series. Mm-hmm. Um, with Zach Gifford playing the younger Roger Gusher. And Willa Fitzgerald playing the younger Madeline in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, when right before the big night of 1980, which did you catch another brick in the wall?
0: Oh yeah, I heard it. Playing.
1: Yeah, there's like such little Easter eggs throughout everything. Like it's it's really they thought about it, and everything oh, is yeah. chosen for a reason. So you know you kind of know what's going on even before it happens, mm-hmm. especially it- if you're familiar with it, Grandpa.
2: And that's the thing with his style, too, because already he has trained us to look at the details, yeah. to look at the background, notice yeah. the people in the background. You know, I mean, uh, the haunting at Hill House. How many times were I, was I looking at looking for any statue to move mm-hmm. and was quite surprised when they did? Yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know? So he always he's, he's trained you to be like, there's something extra. There's something I'm giving you something extra here.
1: Yeah. Yep. And like we said, the way that the series is, you know, structured is that every episode you pretty much see how another child dies. Did you find that kind of repetitive after a while? Um, Or was it always fresh and new and you were ready for what's next?
0: Only because every episode, even though every episode will, I think, ended with one of the children dying. It wasn't all exclusively about them. Right. Like each episode was so broken up where you're still getting bits and pieces of the overall, either the history or the current events with all the rest of the family. Right. So yeah. it didn't it, it it wasn't something that I thought about. Right. Mm. Except until, you know, once you hit a certain point of the show, it's all focusing on that kid, on that child's, You know, they're not children, but that 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 offspring's death. Yeah. And and it, and it ends. like Usually they die and then we cut to title card.
3: Mm-hmm. And, it's yeah.
0: interesting, and it's interesting because usually that's not a way that Netflix would like end an episode because it doesn't leave you with like, oh, what's happening next? Because someone just died. You need a break. I sometimes need a break because some of these deaths were kind of gruesome. Uh, So, but yeah, yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't bother me the way they structured it. Did it bother you?
1: It didn't bother me as much as after a while <clears throat> it did become a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. Because especially by the time I think we got to Tamerlin, I was like, this feels kind of similar to Napoleon, like just you know banging up everything around them, searching for either the cat or the lady in the reflection and yes, stuff. yeah, Tamerlin <clears throat> Tamerlin is actually my
0: I'm sorry, not not Tamerlin victor victorine, victorine? was my least yeah, Victorine was my least favorite
1: death, oh really, yeah, and even the Victorine episode, I was a little.
3: Yeah, like it let was.
1: down from not like mm. to the point where I was like, oh, this sucks. But like around there, it started kind of losing yeah. its pacing. Well, I'd Victorine
0: say. was the last of the bastard children. Right. And then yes. it's like the two. Then it's Tamerlane uh, and. And then uh, it's Frederick. Frederick. Last but Ooh, not now, least. Frederick's
1: Now okay, that was so, that was great. That Satisfying. Was, yeah. Well, everything because... going on with his story, too. Oh, he was and...
0: such a shit. Again, well, this just... actor, Henry Thomas here, he he played this like entitled brat so well. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. It was a great performance. And the character was just absolutely vile by the end of it.
1: Yeah. So he's married to a woman named Morella at the beginning of the show. And they have the daughter, Lenore and everything seems great. But when Prospero and Frederick, Frederick treats him like shit. Right. And Prospero is mm-hmm. young. He's hedonistic. He's got something to prove. So he's going to put on this big sex party at this abandoned Building that the family owns because yeah. he's not paying attention to the meetings, he doesn't realize that it's condemned.
3: Yeah. So he
1: <laughs> wants, for some reason, I think he drops something off to Fredericks, but Morella's there, and he convinces Morella somehow yeah, that she should come to this. To he seduces to her to coming to the sex party. Uh huh. So Morella lies and goes to the sex party, and at the end of the sex party, because he thinks he's turning on sprinklers and it's going to rain on everyone, it pours acid. Because it's a condemned building. And And... everyone perishes except for Marilla.
0: Now, interestingly enough, she's also the only one outside of the help, right? Because the help in the party was told by kind of uh, Verna leave, right? She can apparently like hint things to you. Marilla got a warning. Marilla stayed, though. So her fate was hers also. Although I don't know, I would because she was looking around and she saw like the help leaving. Why Mm would he leave too? I would have been like, "Oh, something's about to go down. I'm getting the f out of here." Right? Yeah. (laughs) But she stayed. She stayed. Now, this kind of ties into my ideas that I had for like the final episode, which is when Lenore dies. I thought Lenore was going to live because I thought we were going to find out that Marilla has just been cheating on Frederick. Throughout the entirety of their relationship, and that like it wasn't her, it wasn't his kid, so therefore mm. she's not an usher. But unfortunately, that was not the case. I was hoping Lenora would be spared, right? Yeah. But, well,
1: I mean, come on, she's the character in the Raven who he's. So I know. Sad about. Of I course, know. she's yeah. gonna die. Yeah, um, because
0: her death was probably the one of. The, I, I think of, the, and it was a final death, right? But it was the most impactful one because she was literally the only character with any moral. Co- yeah like with any the, morality in them in the group
1: yeah well it was really smart too because they didn't show how she died right and it was l- less focused on the fact that oh yeah now here's another gruesome death and stuff because she didn't deserve it and mm. the way that verna even approached her was like you know i'm sorry that this has to happen to you but let me tell you of all the good things that'll happen because of your death mm-hmm. and it was actually kind of oddly touching even though she <clears throat> oh no! It was
0: great. I mean, it was just, again great storytelling because, again, much to uh Cugino's performance here, because you could tell you, in her performance, you could see how much it's hurting her to do this, and she's just trying to really just calm this girl down and be like, "This is gonna happen, but look, look at what
2: good is gonna come of it." It was great, yeah. A great scene overall. No, so, absolutely. So, like when you had mentioned about like, I had asked my question, asked this question to myself about like. Why am I still enthralled with each episode if I know there's a death coming, you know, uh, of, of, of one of the particular Usher kids. So the death for me gave me insight of the mystery of who Verna is. Each death reveals a layer of her, um, hmm. or a layer of her abilities too. uh, led to, is she, uh, you know, we get the beginning of wondering of how, how real she is Mm -hmm. or a figment of imagination to, Mm -hmm. is she a person with a vendetta or now is she a supernatural being Mm -hmm. and if she's a supernatural being, then what is her issue with the Usher family too? Mm -hmm. So all these things kind of like get peeled back and you see, um, something about her that I find her so fascinating. Uh, I think one of the things that intrigued me was is that she saw alternate timelines hmm. for some of the people there. Uh, uh, fr- yeah. uh, was it Frederick? Frederick, yeah. You yep. know, he's supposed he to be, be a be- very good dentist. You know? Yeah. Um, and irony. She said that, and yeah, and irony. when she looked at Madeline, she said, I see you, not just who you are, but who you were and who you could have been. You know? So her having this ability to see beyond the regular timeline too. And then when she speaks to the, to Prim, um, and she says, I was the one standing on the ice, you know? Yeah. Um, and if you listen to what, uh, head honcho, usher was mentioned about Prim's adventures Mm -hmm. was that he found a place where it seemed like, um, the,
0: there's a cannibalistic acts.
2: Yeah. Or no, but also where the gods, had settled
0: oh that's right he did say like that's like there the was like stores. a place
2: where the, the 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 higher higher intelligence had settled an island yeah of some sort he had told that and to i don't people. know if that was what he had saw like a reference to that yeah um yeah. and then we learned that she's been existing throughout time yeah so that reveal <laughs> i had <laughs> was both... fun okay
0: i i thought it was fun but it kind of what's the word it may have upset me a little in a way, be- so and not that it did not upset me, but more so it kind of like took me a little bit out of it because I don't know what it was. This could be just me. If it's you hear a, me It's out. a
1: huge trope, by the way. It,
0: like having the, the devil lady, like the basically. It's, so the implication here is that they've all made a deal with the devil, right? She is basically a version of the devil. They've all made a deal with her. And the people that we see are like people like Mitch McConnell uh I forgot Mitch McConnell was one that stands out the most uh recent one but it was because he was so recent I'm just like it's why I was just like oh I kind of wish they hadn't shown me this one I was okay with some of the other photos right but yeah. it was when she is talking with Madeline and she's just like I told one of my clients that you could shoot someone in Fifth Avenue and get away with it Uh they took the deal right they're implying Trump there again I think it's just like oh I don't take me i'm I'm so enjoying this world I don't need to see the I don't need to like know about the real world that's happening a little. Maybe that's what it was for me. like it's just like <laughs> like, yeah, like I already believe that these people have signed their souls of the devil, so like I don't just don't don't give me that,
1: yeah, well, that too, like the whole show is so such a thin, like thinly veiled critique of like we said the Purdue family of Sackler family mm-hmm. and stuff, and, and purdue, yeah, just... you
0: so you're right. it was Sackler family. Purdue was the company,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. so the fact that at the end that I just want to, I mean, I'm not going to like, I just want to jump to the end in, in terms of your point. Sure. When it's like, oh, well, Juno gets the money who I loved, by the way, Juno was hilarious mm-hmm. and <laughs> she gives the money away. And then Morella is able to donate and start a fund and help millions of people and stuff. And these people, bad people die and the good people live and do good things. I'm like, hmm. This kind of sucks for me because this doesn't happen in real life. These people mm. get away with it, and mm-hmm. is it satisfying to watch fictional characters get what they deserve when I know that the real life versions don't?
0: Um, so I can answer that for you, at least from my opinion, because this that kind of eats uh, feeds into like when you ask, it's like, "Oh, watching these episodes, like, why did I keep coming back?" If I know that that's gonna come, because I kind of do like a good come up in story. These people deserve it unfortunately you know what I mean like they deserve it and i know in the real world it's not going to happen so this is the best i can do uh,
1: so you'll take what you can get kind of a I'll thing i'll take what yeah. i can get it was yeah. i mean
0: it was kind of satisfying watching the fall of the house of usher when you are bringing into this lens of like the that 1% and like their absolute disregard for human life yeah yeah and- i
2: mean when it rained i think the the, the scene that was so impactful Mm. Is when it rained dead bodies. Yeah, as the sign of this is how many people you have hurt, uh, and brought misery upon. And then they look like and, a pyramid. And it was just so very effective. Very it, effective, yeah.
0: despite the fact of, and effective despite the fact of how kind of hokey and literal it is. It was still effective overall in like the in the course of the episode that you're watching it because at this point you're just kind of like mm, yeah your family was kind of a shit. Shit show. And especially when you find out the deal that was made. Because he's the thing. that's In the final episode, you find out why is Verna coming after them. And it's because the deal was made. I will give you a life of luxury. I'll let you get away with this murder you committed. And in exchange, oh, you're not paying the price. The next generation will. And when you're going to die is when I'm going to take every one of your lineage away with you. Yeah. And sure. he quickly... And they... they 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 debated it right it's just like oh uh 80 80 years of like pain and suffering or 50 years of like luxury they could never experience and i don't know i i asked eddie what would he pick and i think
2: we disagreed eddie what did you pick <laughs> i said i wouldn't take it at all oh, yeah i considered <laughs> i would be like oh i don't so, know like, that seems like that's yeah, a pretty good th- deal like yeah so the but, I, I I get a great future, but my kids—they sacrifice theirs. I sacrifice my own kids.
0: Yeah, but you train them to not be shit, ha- like shitheads and but stuff. But It doesn't I mean? matter. Ooh, power corrupts.
2: That's true. Like, this is. The, that is, that the, is the, a the, lesson that I was mean, also. I, this. I mean, the thing with and 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 the, what Venora had made clear, this could have been different for you. There was always a that for some they had a moment of choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether to leave, uh, to, to not you know, not cause the situation at the party. Um, if, um, if the older son would have left his wife at the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, he would have died. She said, you would have died a peaceful, peacefully, death. a peaceful death because of your cocaine addiction or your, or the, or your cocaine intake. Um, and, and the gift that, you know, unfortunately the curse is bloodline curse. Bloodline. Lenore was part of the bloodline. And she was like, I'm sorry, I got to do this, but, but you were good. You were good. And because yeah. of your goodness, it's not going to end here. Others will be affected. Others will change. Others will experience this goodness. Which would be the thing. Your I mother. guess
0: I would want to tell my children. So if I made this deal with this devil, be like, okay, you guys cannot have biological children. Adopt and continue the family name that way. Would that count? I don't know. Would the devil be mad at me like a loophole?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, because she picked something that he already had.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's what so made it worse. But he had something to worse. Lose. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like,
0: that's what's supposed to be what made it worse. Like, he made this deal knowing he already had two children. That yeah. their lives were now at stake, right? If they weren't, like, for me, making this deal is easier for me because I don't have children at the moment. <gasps> oh, no. What did they say? The pugs. <laughs> now, now I'm thinking about it. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I could do that to these yeah. little angel babies. Well, if you of- don't have
1: children then it would probably be eddie yeah yeah does that change things no No, i don't no it's you're you're, this isn't something you're doing together if you are given this choice the sacrifice that has to be made will probably be something that you love very much and if you don't have children or something maybe it's your mom maybe it's eddie would Mm. you still do it yeah i see not yeah, I'm doing. It. <laughs> yeah, he's still debating. He's still debating. <laughs> Could you
2: see? You see? No, of course I, c- I wouldn't. I can't do it. believe it. Of course I wouldn't. It. Oh, but it's it, it's great. interesting. She gives the same deal to Prim. Yeah. She to, gives to Pim, she gives yeah. a deal to Prim, and 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 it's the question. I, I need something. You know, I need something that you love, and he's like, uh, now I, I wonder if it's true when he says I really have nothing. I have nothing to offer you. Is part of yeah. this deal so I'm just gonna take my chances with what my future what's gonna happen to me yeah because but know? she
0: seemed happy with his decision despite the fact that it sounds like he made the decision because he had nothing to offer her mm-hmm. which then would kind of like nullify the decision you know what I mean it was kind of like well he had nothing to give but maybe he did have something to give that we don't know he, he he seems to be like a very private man
2: well but she would have known it
0: that's also true yeah very she, mm, she would I, have the, she would not have made not made the request without knowing yes, yes yeah, yeah, you're I right, really you're feel
2: good. I really feel like she 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 knew it. He's protecting it. And she is happy or or she is impressed right. by it. But yeah, yeah this know?
0: character I mean this
2: character Verna,
0: like, I mean it was just fascinating. Like it was just like a fascinating creature. Every time like they would just talk to her, just abs- I yeah, I mean Carla, she just killed it in this in this in this in this role. And uh I mean yeah, it was just something so ethereal in her presence and stuff. It was just great in her performance. Oh,
1: she was, yeah. <clears throat>
0: um, yeah. I mean, we can go on and on about this show. Uh, the one thing that I did want to say was between the short story and the film and this one, what are the, what are the story, what are the parts that kind of are present in all of them? So, in the short story, you are the visitor who comes over to visit Roderick Usher. There's a giant crack in his house, and uh, kind of you're visiting him because Roderick Usher has lost everyone in his family except for himself, right? He is the last of the Usher. And you come to find out that he has one more person in the family, his ailing sister, who after she dies, you help Usher bury. Now, you never really – you, the the narrator – uh, it's just like, oh, you know, her cheeks are so rosy and stuff, though. Like, are you sure she's dead? And he's like, oh, it's just, uh, it's just something that happens and stuff. So they bury her. And Madeline is always buried alive, potentially, because she always will break out of the coffin, and she will always kill Roderick, and the house will literally fall atop of them while the narrator narrowly escapes. That is, like, the, the common recurring story. uh, The common recurring theme. Uh, Roderick has gone mad, and which we got glimpses of in both of them, right? In the first one, we get that Roderick is not all there. I, I, however, we want to interpret that with uh, with Vincent Price. And in this version, he is losing his mind because he's going through a form of dementia.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice touch, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. then he's like, is this all really happening? Am I just going crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- which I actually,
0: I, again, wonderful. It was a wonderful, because we didn't find that until like a little bit less than halfway through the series right we saw him get the news but we didn't know exactly what it was until later on
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so he and madeline have this type on as twins you know they actually buried their mother because they thought that she was dead but Mm -hmm. she came back out of the dead you know came out of buried alive almost killed them went and killed their potential father
0: no i think it was their father
1: Well, they never was confirmed, but they're pretty much the bastard children of this guy Mm -hmm. uh, who was the head of Fortunato. So it's already kind of like they're destined to go mad. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: You know, this is their fate. It's in their genes. Mm -hmm. And the kind of like backbone of the family, the one that's like, you know, cut the shit, let's be real and got them to where they were is Madeline. Mm -hmm. And... You don't, I'm like, I'm like, there's no way they're going to let, this character is not going to go down the way that Madeline always does. So I was kind of surprised when it did. And then not only that, but he was like, I'm going to treat her like she's Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. Like she's a fuck giving her an ancient Egyptian burial and cut out her fucking eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Sorry.
0: Um, This is like the very end, but yeah. And that was a pretty like, see, so, all right.
1: That this whole series to... was leading up to that last ten minutes. Yes. Honestly. So
0: now I have a question. So you interpreted it as a supernatural thing, like she did come back from the dead.
1: I mean, her I and her mom. Say, I would say so. Yeah.
0: Okay. I actually think it was just uh, what's it called? Like that she wasn't dead. Like she was because it was the nightshade that she had taken. Right. He had in, he poisoned her with nightshade, which we know is a para, 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 paraplegic uh, uh paraplegic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, agent and she and then he did remove her eyes and then put the the, the, the the jade on it or whatever it was. Uh same thing with the mom. I think the mom may have suffered a cataplexy a catalepsy mm-hmm. and just they didn't know, they were just kids, they buried her alive, she comes out and in this fit of madness from her, her dementia, she goes and does kill I assume the person that she feels is the reason they live they live in squalor, right? She looked at him, she, at least the way Roderick told the story, they, she always taught them that he was a good man, but I guess in the dimension she realized, like, no, he's not, he's a piece of shit, fuck him, he's gonna die, and yeah. now here we go here, I don't think, I don't necessarily subscribe that it was a supernatural death, I actually think it was, uh, it was, she. she was buried alive, and now she's just, like, fucking acting out, because by the end of this series, Madeline and Roderick, are a little bit kind of going head to head, right? Like I don't. He's kind of drove me a little crazy about Roderick. It's like Roderick, you have more money than God. Like you can let go of this company. There's no reason for you had dementia. Like just enjoy the, your wealth. Yeah. Why not? Like he got so mad when Madeline like was going to take over the board. It's just like who? Like bro, you don't...
1: it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. It well, was it kind of frustrating. in the family,
1: but also you know people. Rich people who people, have privilege don't want to give up their privilege Yeah,
2: but she, I guess that's it. she's also not only I mean he learns of the fact of she took over or she the board gave her power after she convinced him to commit suicide as part of the loophole trying to find the loophole in their pact with Verna which also made no
0: sense because that loophole was just like but she said both of you and that was very yeah, clear in the, in the clear. pact like, it's just like, Verna was like, no, both of you. So it was like, yeah. what? Did, did she really think it's just like, ush, Roderick, what's you die That's it. We're done. Yeah. I that's... thought, so I thought they were trying to, the reason he was confessing to DuPont was because part of the deal was just like no criminal liabilities. Him confessing to a crime would make crim criminally liable and therefore break the deal that they had. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I thought they were going to go as they were going to try to trick Verna. But that's not how they went. They just like, the house literally fell on top of them and stuff.
1: I love how everyone thinks that they're smarter than her. (laughs) That's the thing.
0: I think everyone always thinks they're smarter than the devil. Yeah, You always think you're going to outsmart the devil. You never will.
1: It was so interesting that there was sort of like this Faustian tale Mm -hmm. at the core of this because that's not Edgar Allan Poe, which I mean, I suppose could be somewhat misleading for a watcher. They'd be like, oh, the guy who sold their soul to the devil and then blah, blah, blah. Because there's all these other references that we've seen and we know, we just don't necessarily. Some of us might not know that's Edgar Allan Poe or where it comes Mm -hmm. from and stuff. True. So that that was a little interesting that at the core of that they added in this thing because that's just it's not Poe, but it's Mm -hmm. fine. Um, Let's be let's be
2: clear. Verna made it in the deal. Verna made it clear that it wasn't a selling of souls. Yeah, she wasn't she wasn't going to be collecting souls. She did say that. All right. She, they were collecting misery, misery upon the world. They were being benefited because she saw the potential of misery that he was going to inflict on the world. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Which wouldn't lead make more people probably have more deals with her. Right. If you're so miserable to a point, like you'll probably like call upon some and I would. (laughs) What would I trade though is a question
1: this is true um did you have a favorite character other than roderick and madeline or
0: <sighs> mm-hmm. i mean i like Dupin. do pin because hey uh, what i liked about him was just like and i don't know you tell me if this was just like what why do they keep bringing up the fact that he was gay why do you think they kept bringing up the fact that he was gay
2: there was a lot of bisexuality there was a lot of 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 but
0: Dupin kept making it very abundantly clear that he was in a committed homosexual relationship right uh like he came out to roderick in the 70s he uh roderick asked him how's his husband uh it just kept coming up a lot
1: yeah i think the only true good people in this show were queers i mean look at victorine's girlfriend who refused to go through? Oh yeah, yeah. With right. the heart transplant, look at her- the boyfriend of Leo. So, who- yeah. so oh, yeah. I actually
0: yeah. So I actually don't like. I didn't care necessarily. It, Victorine's death wasn't my favorite because it was kind of suicidal and it kind of seemed out of nowhere. But I think the story around it was tragic because, like, you're right. When the girlfriend died, I was just like, "Oh, that's like of all people who does not deserve this, right?" Yeah, was her. Yeah. Uh, well, also, but.
1: The whole thing about the Telltale Heart is that the guilt is get, is driving them mad, right? So they succumb to their guilt. Right. So the fact that she committed this because she was just so ambitious and she had so much pressure on her, it wasn't necessarily that she was suicidal. It was that she went mad with her own guilt.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. No, no, no. I meant that. I, but it was still... She, she but punished she herself. She killed herself, though, in the... In, at, that's how she died. Yes. She killed herself. No, yeah. I know.
1: Yeah. But whatever. I'm just trying to... Get you to went, see that storyline in a, a different light, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, <I'm, laughs>
0: her her guilt made her go crazy. As I, I come on, I have seen the episode of The Simpsons.
1: Well, but also they all don't necessarily die the ways that they do. Like it's not just the cat that throws them off of you know the ledge or something. Like it's something it else him. at play he, that is up. killing them.
0: Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, 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 okay.
1: Like, it's symbolic it. for what's the demises of the family oh, and all this stuff. okay. I'm so, sorry. That's fair. Um, that is fair. Like, it was Frederick's uh, uh, abuse that killed him. And it wasn't just his abuse of drugs. It was uh, his abuse of his wife.
3: hmm Yeah. So,
1: anyway. and of his power. Um, I guess for me, I liked Camille. I liked her whole, like the way that she talked to um, her poor assistants. assistants. And like, oh that was God. a reference to a story because there's a story called Toby, damn it. So the fact uh-huh. that she kept going, Toby, damn it, I thought was a great little reference point. Interesting, yeah, I um, did know that. But it was also like, wow, these these ushers, man, they have some weird sexual kinks. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> And yeah. it, very, very sexual people, very hedonistic yeah, yeah. lifestyles. I well, suppose, Tamerlane's but. like,
0: kink was probably the weirdest one. It's just like, okay, so she... The cuckolding, yeah. It's a form of cuckolding.
1: It's watching cuckolding.
0: Yeah, like, it was was interesting. Yeah, Yeah, some Uh, people get off
1: on watching, I guess, but...
0: No no judgment. Like, I I thought of all the siblings, hers was probably the least... Her sins seemed like the least... Like, she was a terrible person, sure, but, like, her sins didn't, like, seem to, like, affect a world, you know what I
2: mean? uh, uh, But her focus... Because the, also the thing too here, is 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 all of them had the opportunity to transform the world because they had all this, this wealth, wealth. Mm. right? And mm-hmm. she created kind of like a I guess a goop goop it, version mm-hmm. of like that make would make you think about vanity, mm-hmm. not about self care but about vanity, you know, which is one uh, of the deadly sins. And you see all the mirrors, the, the mm. hall of mirrors. The mirrors in the bedroom you know it is mirrors that really kill her um it is it is she gets these girls the, uh to, these, she gets these w- uh, women to sleep with her husband mm-hmm. and the idea is that they have to look like her and pretend to be her mm-hmm. too so it's almost she's witnessing a version of herself play out and control it like a puppet you know without actually having to participate yeah, uh, physically in in the actual things and You know, and I I think Verna said, well, I'm not absolutely sure if this is correct, but I think her thing was if you would not have let him walk away when he was offering help. And if you would accept help, things would have been different. You would have died. Oh, hers. Things would have been. Yes. Peaceful. But
0: she also said she also kept telling her just sleep. I think she had a chance of dying in her sleep also, but like she kept adamantly not trying to sleep. So. And she it was like a sleep induced psychosis that she kind of suffered through at the end of that one uh but yeah, 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 no that was who was your favorite of the children like did you have one uh Eddie? well I
1: was saying Camille oh Eddie mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah, yeah and you you mentioned Camille which i I agree I think Camille was one of my favorite children uh I'm trying to think of who I think mine might be uh Napoleon because, because I don't we all know love him. I love yes. the actor? A, <laughs> Rick, he's, so he's so handsome. He's so hot. Uh, but no, I think, uh, but there was I, I, like him going mad and like kind of breaking the house apart and like ultimately like by accident falling off the the building. The balcony, I thought right? that you would have tapped out of this show at that point because of what the cat happened to the cat.
1: I know, I know. I was like, but I read the black cat. I knew that shit was going to uh, happen. And it was clearly CGI'd.
0: So. Yeah. I did love it was one of my favorite effects in the show when you see Carla with the hanging eye. Was that yes. CGI or was that prosthetics? I don't know. I, I don't know. I it.
1: would hope it would be. Yeah.
0: Prosthetics. Uh about. I'm not 100% sure. Uh so yeah, maybe it might be Napoleon was my favorite of the kids. Uh Eddie, do you have one?
1: Hmm.
0: Or a favorite
2: character? Well, I really love Juno. Juno. Yeah, Archer.
1: Juno was hilarious. Yeah. And I
2: cuz I really also wanted to know she's like a side character you just really want to know what's going to end up happening to her in all this craziness and the fact that you know the kids ignored her you know like she was experiencing my stepchildren ignore me they treat me like shit and they always ask the question right like even if she was in the room they'll be like Juno's not in the will right yeah you know and then, and then the irony, she's, she's the sole person yeah, of the will sole inheritor soul oh inheritor.
0: Before we wrap up, I, will, I want to point out one last thing. My favorite shot, one of my favorite shots in the series was the ending. Just the ending on the uh, the family graves because, for me, there is something so interesting about this that like we, as a society, like Americans, we're just conditioned to just chase after money and power and wealth and stuff, right? But why? At the end, we all end up in the same place, six yeah. feet under, right? Can't take it with yeah. you. Yeah, like it's, yeah, that's the other thing. We can't take it with us. So uh, there was just something I loved about that final shot where we see the entire Usher family just in one place, uh, dead. And yeah. Stuff. Uh, <laughs> it works.
1: And Great. her putting their their tangible artifacts on their mm-hmm. grave, you know? And like, oh, now your life is reduced to this, you know? And it's sitting on your grave where you can't mm-hmm. touch it and it's no longer a part of you, yeah. And also yeah. that Frankenstein... Speech. Oh, that Frankenstein Juno speech is another good one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought a lot about, a good about Little monologues. Yeah. 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 Oh, well that's was... I mean
0: that's Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan loves writing monologues into his characters and he's one of the few, I think, writers who can effectively do it without it sounding so You're not bored usually when you're listening to his monologues because like yeah. usually they're like interesting. Like Madeline's uh monologue right before she dies was a good monologue right about like how oh if everyone wanted kale salads like they would sell them at, at the fast food industry right they want us they want our our fucking people but like you know they're too fucking stupid it was just she was so vicious and so monstrous that like I'm so glad she died <laughs> you know I, mean? yeah. I loved it it was yeah I this loved was her easily, she was, yeah, yeah she was great this is yeah. easily one of my favorite shows I think it was a great way to wrap up Halloween if you have not seen it guys I highly Absolutely. recommend it you know what? Uh, check out also the movie. The movie's actually a very entertaining watch yeah. and I think it it does give into that Hollywood uh Hollywood Halloween season. Yeah. My I mean, voice. sorry.
1: There's so much to talk about here and we kind of went all over the place, but hopefully if you haven't seen it we have convinced you to give it a try. Um hopefully you haven't been kicked out of your Netflix account like I did and I had to ask my mom to get me back in cuz Netflix oh, is doing that now and it sucks. I know. Anyway. <laughs> but have you seen it? Do you have thoughts? Are you a Mike Flanagan fan? Are you an Edgar Allan Poe fan? Are you a Vincent Price fan? Reach out to us and let us know. Email us, remakes, reboots, Revivals at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media. You can hit us up on Instagram at RemakesRebootsRevivals, at Twitter at RemakesPodcast. We are active on Facebook and on YouTube. Just search for RemakesRebootsRevivals. And if you are a fan of this podcast, go to your podcasting platform and give us a rating. And if you are able to on Apple Podcasts, give us a review that helps mm-hmm. us grow and find new listeners. Yep. Uh, so yeah and damn now that I don't have it to watch what am I going to watch well I guess I'll watch what we're going to cover next week but I might need a Paramount Plus login for that so
0: <laughs> what are we covering next week
1: I thought we Frasier. were doing Frasier
0: oh I thought we were going to say that for Thanksgiving because of family but I guess we could cover Frasier we
1: can well if we have something else then I'm well, open okay. to it so we'll, we'll figure yeah. that out we'll figure off out, the mic but <laughs> until next time Stay Stay unoriginal. unoriginal.